you can do it. And I want people to understand, like, I did not come from a bunch of money or have this great education. It, I had faulty mindsets up into 25, 30, mid-30s. I was in credit card debt in my early 30s. I was, as I talked about, like, I had overdraft fees. So I kind of came from a, pay, a place of failure. And I know if, if I could do it, anyone could do it. It's, it's, it just takes some time. It takes some devotion, some intentionality. Like, anyone can do it. So believe in yourself. Are you looking for true personal freedom? The freedom to design a life you truly desire? Then you're absolutely in the right place. True personal freedom comes from when you take 100% responsibility and control of your money and your mind. Here, you're going to learn ideas, tips, and wisdom that's gonna help you bridge the gap from where you are now to your dream life in the future. My name is Randy Wilson, and welcome to the Rich Mind Podcast. Okay, welcome back everybody to the Rich Mind Podcast. And today I have a great guest. His name is Aaron Nanini. He is actually from Southern California. And he talks everything about financial education, mindset, which is exactly the things and topics that I love to share on the Rich Mind Podcast and things that I wanted to share with uh, you, the listener. So Aaron is a successful blogger. He has a awesome blog that he produces content uh, continuously about financial educa- education and the mindset. He is a best-selling author of Cash Uncomplicated, and it's a fantastic book. And we'll talk about more about that uh, later on in the episode. But for now, let me bring in Aaron here and have him introduce himself. And I'm super excited. This is going to be a great conversation. So, Aaron, welcome to the show. Randy, I'm stoked to be here. Thanks so much for having me on. Yeah, absolutely. I, I've been looking forward to this. It's been on the calendar now for a little bit more than a week, I would say. And I've been looking forward to this conversation. You and I, every time we get a chance to chat, it's always a lot of fun. So I'm, I'm excited to see where this goes. So for take sure. just a minute and let every, get everybody a little bit of background. Tell everybody about a little bit more about Aaron, uh, kind of where you've been, where you are now, and maybe a little bit more of where you see yourself going in the future. Yeah, so I was kind of a traditional paycheck to paycheck guy in my 20s. So I was I would kind of call myself a financial disaster back in the day. And what what ended up happening was I had worked a regular W-2 job and I was noticing people around me. So my friends, family, coworkers who were making a lot of the same kind of money mistakes as I was making back back in the day. And I, I didn't, you know, I, Randy, I don't want to be preachy or like tell people what to do. So I was thinking, you know what, what, what if I just wrote a book about it? And so I decided to do that. And that kind of led to the blog and to meeting different people. So that's really kind of the motivation and the backstory of how I got here. You know, my, about myself in general, um, originally from the Bay Area, I moved down to Southern California kind of in my late teens, early 20s. Been here ever since. It's kind of kind of hard to leave the weather and, and all that, all that good stuff. So that's kind of where I'm at today. And then, you know, the last couple of years, it's been great. I've met a lot of great people. Um, through the masterminds and you know meeting you and and some other folks yeah the the groups of people that we get to meet so one thing folks that I will share a lot with in podcasts and Aaron kind of touched on it there is the rooms that you get into and meet these folks and meet people from different walks of life different areas of the country you find out number one that they're very similar to you in their stories they might be a little different right everybody's story is mm-hmm. a little different but uh, it's a lot of fun to put pieces of 
your story with their story and figure out kind of what they're doing, how they're doing it, uh, and then try to come home and then implement, right? So that that's where it becomes a lot of fun. Yeah. So the people that we've had the opportunity to meet over the last few years has, has been fantastic. It's been fantastic. So yeah, super excited to jump in, dig in a little bit deeper into that story. So first off, let's jump in. I've got three questions for you that okay. uh, we'd love to try to dig out a little bit more, like I said, about you and kind of where you're from and, and where you've been. But that's uh, question number one is who has had the biggest influence on your life? You know, I've, I've thought about that a lot. And I would have to say my wife. It's, it's interesting. I met her probably 12, 13 years ago. And ever since I met her, I don't think it's any coincidence. Really good things have happened in my life. And a lot of that is, you know, I give credit to her. She's just got, you know, you talk a lot about mindset, but her mindset is get it done. And it's, it's doesn't matter what the challenge is, where, where we are in life. It's, it's just get it done. And so that mindset has really translated over to me. And she's, she's a big fan of the book Atomic Habits. I'm not sure if you've read that, but a lot of the book talks about becoming something. So it's like you, you identify what you become. And so that's, that's really big for her. So as an example, she identifies as someone who exercises daily. And so like, it doesn't matter what's going on. She's going to get that done. And then she also identifies as someone who, if it's on her list, she's going to get it done. So she prioritizes things, gets it done. And she's kind of passed that attitude over to me as well, where like, it's hard for me to make excuses when I've got her hustling and grinding and getting things done and not making excuses. Like there's no way as her husband, I can say, well, I have to do this and I'm going to watch some TV, then I'm going to do that. So she's been, you know, just a tremendous influence. And it's been fun because like her personal growth journey is kind of parallel mine. She's made a lot of strides in her career at the same time I'm making strides. And then we're both into fitness and in health and we're, we're kind of parallel with those things. And how long have you been married? Gosh, it's going to be 10 years in June. That was a, that was so, a trick question, right? Try to get, you, I, I, I got to remember that. Yeah, I don't, yeah, <laughs> I I don't want to have any hesitation there. Right. Yeah, I didn't. Yeah. So, <laughs> so if your wife's listening, I, that was not playing. I wasn't trying to trick him up at the same time. I was just curious on, on the length of that relationship. Right. That being right. Such, and she, and she does listen to every episode, so she'll, <laughs> she will be listening. <laughs> so I haven't met your wife, but yeah, let me just reassure you, that was not trying to trick you up on that, I promise. So you answered it and you answered it confidently. So good. Oh, I hope I passed the test. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So would you say that your uh, normal personality is not that get it done? You mentioned that before uh, or with her, right? She's kind of developed that in you. Would you say that even before that, you kind of struggled with the, that type of uh, mindset moving forward? Yeah, that's a good question. I, you know, I think especially like in my late teens, early twenties, and throughout my twenties, I was more just get by, and so rather than like aggressively try to win, it was more just getting by and trying to do sometimes not necessarily the bare minimum, but enough to get by, maybe have a little extra. And so that's where she's really shifted me into like strive for more and to kind of that old expression, play to win. Whereas I think before, maybe I was playing not to lose. And so that's been a big mindset change as well. And then also just with the excuses, it's very easy to make excuses and you feel good for a couple minutes, maybe even the day. But then you look back on the last six months, you're like, man, I, I really haven't accomplished anything. And so that's where with her, those daily actions and Elimination of excuses has really been big. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. Appreciate you sharing that. I, mm -hmm. I, as I mentioned, I haven't met her yet, but she sounds like a fascinating lady. I, I would uh, love the opportunity to do that sometime. That'd be yeah. Great. We'll have to get together soon. Yeah, that'd be awesome. So moving on to question number two is, 
what has been the greatest challenge in your life and what did you learn from it? You know, with that, I don't know if there's been like one particular challenge that I look back at. What I look back at is an overall like umbrella challenge of my my faulty mindset. So I, I really came from a mindset of like, just, you know, do a little above the minimum, try to get by. And I, I was doing a lot of playing not to lose. And so that was a big, you know, that like that to me is bigger than just one incident or one moment, because it's like, that's your life when, when you're thinking about, you know, your limitations and what you can't do. And that's really, I know that's something that's you're, that you're into as well as kind of overcoming that obstacle and increasing your bandwidth to do more and more. And that's, to me, that's been a huge challenge and it's an ongoing struggle. I mean, I don't know that anyone ever completely cares that, but I've gotten a lot better. I think back to where the way I thought in my 20s and 30s and some of the self-defeating prophecies I had. And I'm like, whoa, what, where did that come from? Why did I think that way? And then you meet some new people, you take some action, you just go and get things done. And that starts to stop. And then you, you, you know, you develop some new challenges and um, find some ways to overcome those and just keep getting better and better. Yeah, the journey never ends, does it? So it never you know, does. That's, yeah, yeah. That's what my discovery has been, and then talking with others as well that are that are on the similar or same growth want. Right, you want mm-hmm. to continue to grow, uh, whether that is financially or even personally. You know, depends on or it could be in relationships, it can be whatever category it is. But it, it there's never a there. What I call it there, right? You don't ever <laughs> right. get there. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can get gains. You can have gains. You can do better but it never seems to get to the point where you're never running into an opportunity to continue to grow. And uh, that's, to me, that's what makes it fun. And mm. uh, yeah, it's always an opportunity to learn more. And for, for sure. me, it's, that's both beautiful and frustrating because it's like the, the beauty of it is, as you described, it's, you always have the opportunity to grow, to get better, to keep moving. The frustration sometimes for me is like, well, I thought I was there and now there's five more things I need to do. And find more things I need to learn. And but overall, I think it's a beautiful thing. And without the ability to grow, I mean, life gets kind of boring, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. So you referenced in that last answer about being back in your your mindset back in your 20s and your 30s. So that kind of leads into the the last question. And and this kind of goes to the idea of if you could go back to your 20-year-old self, knowing what you know now, is there any piece of advice that you wish that you could have shared with yourself back? In your twenty, in your twenties, there uh, anything that you you feel would be a huge impact of where you are today? Yeah, I think it's two pronged. The the first is a lot of it's just not true. So what you know, some of the things people tell you of like play it safe, don't do this, make sure to immediately go into such and such career. That's just not true. And the the other thing I would tell myself is to really believe in yourself because I, I can remember, and I'm not sure how you were out of college, but I I got out and I just wanted to get a job. And it didn't matter where, I just wanted to get something so I could be safe and get an apartment and basically, quote unquote, survive. And I think if I told my, if I went back to myself now, I'd say, hey, be a little more aggressive, like play to win. You've got a lot of time. You're very young. You can do things. And I think that would have made a difference. So when you were younger and you were not necessarily playing to win, I agree wholeheartedly that we because I, I think back to my 20s as well. And that was mm-hmm. kind of the epiphany that I had. It was realizing that what we thought was true, what we thought we were told 
the, the correct path, right? What we sh- like, it was steps, like you do this, 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 mm-hmm. and this, and then you get this outcome right. that is supposedly going to be your, your favorite thing or your, or your best version of your, of your life. Uh, having that epiphany and realizing, like you said, that that isn't necessarily true. Uh, was there any thing or like a, an instance that kind of brought that to your light or brought that to your awareness that mm, maybe what I'm being shared with or being told isn't maybe necessarily the direction I want to go? I, I, I don't know if there was one particular moment. I, I know, like, as far as my personal finance journey, there was a moment, but in general, like kind of that life attitude, I think it's just really been an evolution and some of the books I've read, some of the people I've met, the podcasts, and, you know, you just keep, if, if you learn like a little bit every day, that starts to really add up. And I think, so I think that culmination has made that kind of shift for me. Um, so I can't remember, like to answer your question, one particular moment of, oh, this was not true. It's, it's just been a bunch of things combined. And then that creates your attitude over time. But if I, if I were to rewind as an example, age 37 down to 36, I would have said, I'm a much different person at 37 than 36, much different at 38 than 37. So over the year and like people who haven't seen you for a while, I'd say, whoa, that's a really different person and big deal. But for, for me, it was just, you know, daily actions and you kind of evolve into that mindset. So the books you read, the, like you said, the podcasts that you listen to, the, the groups you get into, right. Mm-hmm. To form those different awarenesses of what's right. possible versus what you might believe to be true, but necessarily might not be. Uh, yep. Yeah. Those are definitely all keys. To and I'll to give an, out. I'll even give an example, like 10 years ago, if I had met you and had a conversation for 30 minutes, I would have said, this guy's not making sense to me. I don't understand what he's saying. His his ideas are a little bit far out. It's it's way way too far out of my comfort zone. But when I've you know talked to you over the last couple of years, it's we connect and I I understand completely what you're saying. I know where you're going. I know the direction. And then even example like you starting a podcast ten years ago. Well, what's a podcast? Why would you do that? Who who would ever start a podcast? And so now though, it's like. That makes complete sense. Of course, he's going to start one. He wants to grow, develop, get better. So it's the challenges you set in front of yourself is what's going to make you grow into that, right? So agreed. Yeah. The interviews I do today, a year from now, like you said, I hopefully I will continue to get better based on trying to perfect the craft, right? What I learn, reading up on folks, trying to get some information, uh, just this the entire process, right? So. Yeah, it's once again, I go back to everybody thinks that there's a there. So even mm-hmm. with this podcast, you know, <laughs> you can think that, you know, this final journey or destination is going to lead to X. When in reality, it's it's the journey. It's the process. It's the the mess in the middle is what actually yeah. gives you the growth to actually experience a different outcome uh, that you might not be able to even comprehend at this moment. A hundred percent. And to me, like the whole thing's the mess in the middle, right? It's but that's part of the growth and part of part of the I don't know part of the amazement and wonder. Absolutely. So you had mentioned that you uh, might've had a little bit of an epiphany moment when it comes to your finances. And that kind of led you to make the decision to write a book versus maybe even going out and, and speaking to different folks. Mm-hmm. Can you uh, talk a little bit about maybe that that moment back when that happened and some of the things that you might've have learned back in the day? Oh, for sure. Yeah, I can remember it's my early thirties and I had been out you know, over the weekend kind of going out with some friends and restaurants and whatnot. And on Monday, I was going over my debit card or my bank statement. And I think I had, gosh, three or four overdraft fees. And I'm looking at these and they're, you know, 
20, $30 a pop. And I'm thinking that was so dumb of me to do that. Uh, here I am college ed- educated. I'm in my early thirties. Why am I doing this? And then I got to the point of not only why am I doing this, but why is it that I'm in my early thirties? I have no savings. I have no investments. I'm living paycheck to paycheck. So that moment really woke me up. And so at that point, I did start to read a little more. I, I can remember reading Rich Dad, Poor Dad at that point, which is a book I, I can see in your background. And I wish I could say from that moment on, everything changed and I got better and you know eventually wrote this book and whatnot. But the reality is I did take a little bit of action. I, re- I did read some books. I decided to get a little better. But I, ke- I stayed in the same habits for another solid, probably two years or so. And then over over that time, I started to get better and better, start to improve. But I can remember that moment thinking, this is not okay. Like, this is not acceptable that I'm doing this. And But again, it's not like in life, there's usually not these amazing transformations of you wake up from the coma and all of a sudden you're driving your car and you're doing these great things. Like, it takes time. So for me, it took time. And the book didn't come till several several years later from that point. So I agree with that statement as well, as far as, you know, you'll have a moment mm-hmm. and it's, it's a life changing. When you look back on it, you can see that it's, it's distinct, right? You understand and realize that that moment was a very important part of your life, especially where you are today and where you are going to move forward. But in the moment when it's happening, mm-hmm. you might not necessarily realize or understand the importance of that moment. I have a moment uh, for myself uh, that I've shared in, in the past. I won't go into that today, but same similar situations, meaning it it's uh it's eye-opening. It's almost like just an awareness that mm-hmm. something isn't quite right. And what do I need to do to to start taking some corrective action? Can you think back? You mentioned it was about two years of kind of maybe limbo of okay, mm-hmm. you had this awareness, this epiphany. Some of the things that you, you mentioned about possibly reading some books and that type of thing. Is there anything else you can think of that we really got the uh, the the ball rolling down the hill, so to speak, as far as like really getting yourself in the other direction of from overdrafts to to start creating some positives, right? Yeah. Is there anything that you yeah. can think of that you had done? You know, it's it happened so slowly that I probably wasn't even aware of it at the time. But I I did I should give myself a little credit because I did start to make a little bit of changes. I started spending a little less money, and I did take the action to read books and to actually invest my money into reading books. So that that was something. But I think. It wasn't until like my mid thirties that I really got where I was listening to podcasts every day, where I was reading every day, made a commitment. Um, I'm, I'm a very structured person. And so I make a commitment to read a half hour a day, at least six out of seven days a week. Mm-hmm. And like almost without fail, that happens. And so that was a really big one for me where like you take that intentional act to improve yourself. And then you're, you're making a deal with yourself that you are going to make those improvements and it's like, if I don't take action on some of these books or what I'm listening to, the people I'm meeting, I'm kind of wasting my time. It becomes entertainment. So that was a big a big accountability piece for me as well. Like, I've got to make this worth my while. If I'm going to devote a half hour day to reading, I need to make it worth my while and start taking some action. So I think that's kind of a long-winded answer to that question, but that's the process that it took for me. Yeah, which led you then to begin taking some action. I would assume then you started to see some positive results in your bank accounts, I assume overdrafts started to go away. <laughs> yeah. uh, and I, I I remember vividly having those similar situations for myself, right? Back in the early days of having overdrafts and seeing those mm-hmm. statements. And those were statements that used to show up for me in the mail. 
So yeah, it's probably automatic or, or uh, digital now, right? Probably get emails mm-hmm. about it these days. I, I'm not even sure. But uh, point being is that there again, you have that those moments and you have, so you start to get, build some momentum, right? Some positive momentum, mm-hmm. which led you then to write your book, Cash Uncomplicated. Can you give everybody a little bit of like, you know, just a, a high level uh, cliff notes version of kind of what the the gist of, of, of your book and, and how you came about even writing that? Yeah, so I really wrote that, you know, I kind of mentioned it earlier for people that I, I've been around. So coworkers, friends, family, who I saw making some of those same mistakes. And again, don't want to get too preachy. So it was for them, but it was also, I kind of wrote the book for my 25-year-old self. So if I could have gone back in time and read a book, like that's the book that I would have wanted to read. And so I talk, I, I really begin the book with mindset. And I know that's a huge thing for you as well. That that belief that you can do it. I, I had been in the education field for many years and I always made these excuses like, well, you know, teachers and people in that field can't really get wealthy. No use saving. I live in San Diego. It's too expensive. Like no one afford, can afford to buy a house. So I had to get over those obstacles first. And so that's why... I wanted to put it that as my first chapter. And then I get into some a little more nuts and bolts with like automation, where automation slash paying yourself first, where at the start of every month, you're setting aside, you know, in the beginning, probably $100, maybe less. And then you're going to develop that into 200, 300, 400, then into the thousands. And that I added that in the book because I know it really works. I watched myself go from like automating $100 a month to several thousand. And the results of that just happened. So it seems slow at the time, but then you look at your bank statements and your investments and your real estate, and you're like, whoa, I cannot believe I've made this progress. So I think that was an essential piece that I put in the book. And then I have some more just like mechanical things to do as an example. And I wrote it in general for, again, my 25-year-old self, who was a W-2 employee. And so you get paychecks, you get raises. So every time you get a raise, automate more money. And so for the sake of even numbers, if you're making, say, $100 more a month, automate that money. So you're investing now 100 more a month. Over the course of a year, that doesn't seem like much. But when you do that over the course of four or five, six years, now all of a sudden you're automating 500, 600, 700, you know, into the thousands more, especially if you get a promotion or maybe you go into entrepreneurship and start your own business or a side hustle. Like if you just follow that philosophy, really good things happen. So folks that are listening might be thinking, so I'm trying to think of a question that I would have hearing that, which that all is fantastic. Mm-hmm. So the idea, let's say I am overdrafting my accounts and I don't necessarily have any more quote unquote extra. Do you have any suggestions as, as to like, where did you start with deciding how much that you wanted to start with? Was it a certain amount? Was it a percentage? Can you kind of talk us through a little bit about the very beginning when you first got started? Because I, like you mentioned, you started with a small amount, what you know, a quote unquote small amount, but then obviously it increased over time. Can you talk back about how you decided how much? And when you say automate, what does that mean? Like accounts, can you give a little bit more? Yeah, for sure. I kind of want to go back, touch back on something you said as well of, you know, that idea of not having enough to invest and to save. And so that was something that was my mindset as well as like, well, I'm barely getting by. I don't have enough. And so what I did is I went back and I looked at all my expenses and you have to really, you know, some people will track it 
or you can kind of audit your expenses. And I realized I was spending way too much money on certain things. So I was spending way too much in entertainment, too much on going out. And I realized like, I actually do have the money. I'm making choices to spend it in other areas. And so I, that was the first, so that's how I acquired the funds initially. And at that point, I kind of decided, I'm just going to, just for the heck, I'm going to invest $100 a month and see what happens. And so I put that into an account. So there's a lot of different ways to do it. What, especially beginners, what you can do is just literally set up like an online bank account. And every month at the start of the month, have $100 taken out or $150, whatever you want it to be. And then as you start to acquire a little more money, it could be by cutting something out, or it could be by getting raises, it could be by starting a new business, a side hustle, whatever it may be. That's where you want to start adding more money to that pot. So go from 100 and then you start automating 200. And But the automation is really effective because you net, you get used to having a certain amount of money. So at the start of the month, I almost look at it as billing yourself. So you the first bill of the month is to yourself whether it's 100 or 500 or 1,000 or 5,000, that's to yourself. From that point on, the rest of it is going to go to your rent or mortgage. It's going to go to your expenses. It's going to go to your entertainment. And so that's the philosophy I had of like, this is a bill I have to pay. And it's the most important bill because it's to myself. And so that, like, that's a philosophy that never occurred to me in the past. And as I read more books, like Dave, David Bach was a big influence. He wrote a book called The Automatic Millionaire. And some other people talk about automation. Um, Richest Man in Babylon talks about that as well. And it, it makes so much sense once you do it. Um, and I, I, I've had this conversation with a few other people as well. As I feel like if you're, whether you're working as an entrepreneur, your own business, as a W-2 employee, you need to value your time. So everyone by working like, Randy, by you doing this podcast, that means you're spending a little less time with your wife, with your kids, some maybe from the gym. And so you have to really value that time. And your time is money as well. And so part of the way you can value your time and money is that you are billing yourself or automating your money and paying yourself first so that at the end of the month, you have something to show for your efforts rather than just getting by and paying the mortgage or paying the, you know, your your rent. Did that did, I, did that answer the question? Yeah, you sure did. And I okay. want to just go a little bit deeper with you on that too, because sure. we've kind of we've kind of full circle with the mm-hmm. mindset, with the financials, right? And mm-hmm. that's where with what I try to come with my message is that it 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 all blends together. Meaning you've got to have both. Mm-hmm. So you turn your ideas or your thoughts or your awarenesses into musts. Meaning you decided you made a, a dedicated decision that you were going to pinpoint exactly. To the penny, I would assume, or at least to route it to the nearest dollar, maybe where your expenses were going. And mm-hmm. from that moment on, you were able to then make different decisions. But without that decision, number one, without the shift in your mindset, without then the decision, without then doing the work of tracking, right? Knowing exactly where you are. If you don't know where you're starting from, you're not going to know or have any idea how to get to this destination this there that as we mentioned might not it's always a moving target but at the same Mm -hmm. time if you don't have a beginning point you're never going to get off the starting block right so i yeah i just wanted to go reiterate the fact that it starts with the mindset it starts with making the decision Mm -hmm. to find out and track those things to get yourself off the starting block and get yourself moving in those right directions yeah that's, that's really well said 
And I, I would add to it as well as, and I, I touched on it a little bit, but you are a valuable person and your time's valuable. So don't just get by, like pay yourself first, bill yourself first, invest in your future self. If you don't, you're going to be in the same spot as you were from 30 to 60 or 30 to 70. It just, it magically, just because you get older, doesn't mean you get more money or you develop more. Like you have to make that intentional act. So you, I want to like kind of let all your listeners know you are a valuable person and treat yourself as that valuable person and treat yourself, your future self as valuable as well. That's, that's fantastic. Appreciate you sharing that. Mm-hmm. So I assume, so let's just move forward a little bit. So we've started sure. the beginning and then obviously then starts, things start to accumulate. And I know you've mentioned that you uh, have some holdings in some real estate and that type of thing as well. Uh, can you talk a little bit more about how it's almost like a snowball effect? Like it's like as you continue to build this account, which then allows you then to go invest in some different assets, then spit off more cash, which, you know what I mean? And all of a sudden you start to accumulate more than you could ever have imagined when you first got started. Can you kind of talk about kind of the, uh, the, the level of uh, increase, I would say, uh, when you first started to even where you are today? Yeah, I, I'll go all the way back. When I was in my mid-20s, the prices of San Diego real estate were incredibly high. It was before the real estate crash. And then as I got into my early 30s, that's when the market really went down and crashed. And so I, I noticed there was an opportunity to buy. It was literally a one-bedroom condo. And I got it at the time for, I think it was $100,000. And so my idea was, I'm going to buy this for $100,000. It's too good to pass up. Like There's no use paying rent anymore. I'm going to buy this. And then my idea was, I'm going to live in this for the next probably 20 years, 30 years. And I really thought, okay, this is what I'm going to do. I'm probably not going to get married. I'll, I'll live here, see how that goes. And then I, as I started to read these books and meet my, met my wife and just develop more, I thought, well, what if I had this condo as a rental and I bought a house? Housing was still reasonably affordable at the time. So I bought a house. And then I learned about house hacking, which I'm, I'm not sure if you're familiar with that term, Randy, but it's... I am, but yeah, if you'd like to go into details for the listener in case they're not, sure, please do. Yeah, for, for your listeners, I think in general, it's finding a way to reduce your monthly expenses, whether you know it could be mortgage or rent. And what you do is it could be renting out a bedroom. It could be buying a duplex and renting out one side. It could buy a triplex and rent out two sides. What we did in San Diego is there's... It's called accessory dwelling units or, or granny units. And so we built a granny unit and then... We we have tenants there who are who are paying rent, and so that's really reduced our monthly cost for the mortgage. And so instead of paying outrageous amounts for the mortgage, that's really that amount's been cut into. And so that's that's made our life easier. So I did a house hack, and then I bought some out of state real estate as well. Um, as Cal as San Diego got more exp- more and more expensive, I went into like the the Dallas area and bought a few properties. So that's kind of where I am at now. But I love. You know, I love hearing different real estate strategies. And there's so many people like in our group, Randy, who have successfully done Airbnb, medium term rentals, um, the long term rental game. There's just so many different ways to do it. There are so many different ways to do it, which is uh, fantastic. And sometimes it could be a little overwhelming. You can see, get the Mm -hmm. shiny object syndrome, right? You can start seeing, okay, there's an opportunity here, an opportunity there. You need to get the basics done first, like what you're talking about. Get your account Mm -hmm. set up. Start learning some financial basics, get your mindset right, get some things, get some things rolling, then start diving in, figuring out what kind of a philosophy you want to have for your investments, because what what you do might not be what I want to do Mm -hmm. and vice versa. Right. It's all 
there's so many different ways, even business. Uh, I say these days that there's so many different ways to go out and actually get in business for a relatively low startup cost and a relatively low, as far as the uh, certainty, as far as uh, success rates that, yeah, I want to encourage folks too, that to just keep learning. It's the ability to find the books, find the mentors, listen to people that are doing what you want to do, and then model. That's a word that I like to use. Model what they're doing mm-hmm. and figure out, you know, most of the time folks are, are willing to, if they don't have it out in publication, if you can run into them or find them in groups like what we're talking about, you can just ask them and they will share. Uh, and then you can just re-engineer kind of what they're doing in the background. Uh, have you had any uh, any experience doing anything like that as far as like having an idea? Okay, I want to go like the house hacking. Mm-hmm. That's a term in the real estate world that is, you know, I would call that relatively common. But at the same time, if you're not, if that's brand new to you, do you have any suggestions as where people would even learn about house hacking or anything like that? Yeah, I would kind of, let me kind of start with a, more of an umbrella answer of that everyone has to meet yourself where you're at at the time. You know, when I was 22, there's no way I could, I wasn't going to do house hacking at the time because I hadn't read the books. I didn't have that base of knowledge. So I, so find where you are. I'll give you some examples of people have asked me who are like thousands of dollars in debt, credit card debt, car payments. You know, oh, I want to buy a triplex. Or I want to invest in the stock market and do these things. And I'm like, well, let's hold off a minute because you're paying 22% interest in credit cards. You've got $15,000 of debt miss. The best thing you can do right now is to pay off that credit card. It's not necessarily to have these exotic investments and to, to learn those. It's like you you talk about focus, Randy. That's where you, you want to really have your focus on that moment in time before you're at. Okay, so get rid of that debt. Get rid of that 22% interest get rid of the car payments and then move on, create like a solid base for yourself. Then you can move on to some of the investments because you're, you're not at that point yet. And I think people have to respect themselves and kind of just embrace where they are at the time. Like don't, don't jump too, too many levels ahead. Um, and as far as like some resources, I I'm a big listener of podcasts. So like Robert Kiyosaki's podcast is good. Um, real estate guys, bigger pockets is great. Um, I listened to Ed Milet. There's a lot of, a lot of, Tremendous shows out there that, um, you know, one one little hack that I have for podcasts is if I hear a guest that I like or read a book by an author, I'll search for that author or that guest, and then I'll find other podcasts that way as well. I've done that many on many occasions. It's um, that way you ha- you kind of have your base of things you listen to, and then you go off a little bit and listen to some other things. Yes, I I would say that I do the exact same thing. Yeah. I have I have my base. Right. Mm-hmm. Usually don't. Sometimes I'll even turn that base off for a little while. Right. Just mm-hmm. kind of get a little bit more of a different perspective from folks. Right. And the, but then maybe touch back in and that kind of thing. But yeah, when people bring on guests or you hear of a book or something that kind of resonates with what kind of where you're thinking. Yeah. Going out, buying that book, yep. jumping on the podcast, whatever you can find is, is a great hack as far as trying to learn from a different person's perspective. Because mm-hmm. what something you say or I say, even if we say it exactly the same way, is going to resonate with folks differently based on the past stories and that type of thing as well. So, yeah, exactly. podcast is by far uh, my number one hack in books as well, mm-hmm. for sure. And then getting in rooms. That's awesome. Oh, for sure. And, and I'll bet you do the same thing, Randy, of if there's a guest you like on a podcast. And a lot of times they'll ask him like their favorite books or book recommendations. Like, write, stop the car, write down what those books are. 
and buy those books because that just opens more doors. It's just like you you have all these doors open because this really smart person who is where maybe you want to be or giving you this knowledge is telling you, hey, this is where I found my knowledge. Like, go do it. Do the work. So do the work. Absolutely. That goes back into the mindset. Mm-hmm. Well, Aaron, this has been a fantastic conversation. Uh, is there anything else in terms of mindset, uh, financial education, anything that's kind of uh, rumbling around in your head as far as anything else you want to share with folks listening today, some some words of advice or encouragement? You know, my, my biggest thing is that you can do it. And I want people to understand, like, I did not come from a bunch of money or have this great education. It I had faulty mindsets up into 25, 30, mid 30s. I was in credit card debt in my early 30s. I was, as I talked about, like I had overdraft fees. So I kind of came from a, pay, a place of failure. And I know if, if I could do it, anyone could do it. It's, it's, it just takes some time. It takes some devotion, some intentionality, like anyone can do it. So believe in yourself, um, find, find ways to get it done, start to eliminate the excuses. And I, I promise you, your life, not just in personal finances, but your life in general, health, fitness, overall happiness is, is there's no, nowhere to go but up. Well said, well said. So I know people are going to want to figure out, okay, how do I find out where this Aaron guy is? Tell me more <laughs> about this Cash Up Uncomplicated book and that type of thing. Where is the best places for people to find you if they would like to pick your brain a little bit more as far as uh, some of the things you're doing uh, in the world of personal development or even your financial education? Yeah, the best thing, and thanks for asking that, Randy. The best spot is just my blog, cashuncomplicated.com. So there I've got the blog, I've got areas to buy the book. And then one thing that I, I really pride myself on is anytime someone contacts me, I always get back to them within a couple of days. So I want to hear, I want to hear your stories, your experience. You know, tell me how you you started listening to Randy's podcast. If you know Randy, give me some stories about Randy. Um, and I want to know like your personal finance journey, where you are, what what are some of your triumphs, some of your struggles. So send me an email or just send me a message and you know, I'll, I'm always going to get back to people. And I believe you're pretty active on Instagram as well. Do you have an Instagram handle that you, you that you'd like to share with anybody? Yeah, no, on Instagram I'm I'm just at cash uncomplicated. And so yeah, I, I try to post complicated. Yeah, try to I try to keep things, you know, just like my website website says uncomplicated. So yeah. same name across the board and that's the way I do it. Keep it super simple, right? Very simple. Everybody, I'm a simple guy. <laughs> I, I agree. Keep it simple as much as possible. Well, Aaron, as I mentioned, this has been a fantastic conversation. I know it's going to bring a ton of value to the listeners. So I really appreciate your time being with us today. And uh, hopefully we'll get you back on again soon and we can t- continue this conversation and continue to help people grow their mindset and grow their finances. Hey, thanks so much, Randy. It's been a pleasure. It's, time just kind of flew by. It does. It always does. So yes, fantastic. So we'll be right back next time, folks. Uh, Thank you for listening. If you find this episode valuable, make sure you share it with folks. Uh, My mission is we need to get education in terms of financial education and personal development in the world today as much as we possibly can. So conversations like what we just had with Aaron is uh, it might be somebody you know, or it might be even you personally that needs to hear this type of message. So uh, definitely, please, if you would... Uh, share the message, questions, comments, feel free to reach out to Aaron. You can reach out to me as well. Uh, You'll find all the links in the show notes uh, to everything we've discussed, to the books, to the ideas. And uh, we'll look forward to talking to you again next time. Thanks, everybody.
Thank you for joining me on the Rich Mind Podcast. I hope you found a ton of value in this episode. If so, I'd really appreciate a five-star review. And you can also share it with your family and friends. And as my mentor Jim Roden shared with me, in order to have more, you must first become more. And in order to become more, you must work harder on yourself than you do on your job. So go out there today and work harder on yourself to become more and build the life of your dreams. Until next time, my friends. Thank you.